Welcome to this week's podcast from the Eucliping Church. We hope you enjoy this message. standing this morning. I want us to just take a few moments and pray for our brothers and sisters in Ukraine and in Russia. Psalm chapter 2. Why are the nations in an uproar? And why do the people devise a vain and hopeless plot? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and His anointed. Let us break apart their divine bands of restraint and cast away their cords of control from us. He who sits enthroned in the heavens laughs. The sovereign Lord scoffs at them and in supreme contempt he mocks them. Then he will speak to them in his anger and terrify them with his displeasure saying, Yet as for me, I have anointed and firmly installed my king upon Zion, my holy mountain. I will declare... The decree of the Lord. He said to me, you are my son. This day I proclaim I've begotten you. Ask of me and I will assuredly give you the nations as your inheritance and the ends of the earth as your possession. We're going to pray this morning. We're going to pray in this direction. doesn't matter what king rises up. It doesn't matter what dictator rises up. It does, we, we could go into all sorts of eschatology and people have their opinions on this is the end times. Listen, Matthew 24 says to us, you will hear that there are wars and rumors of war, but do not say this is the end. The warning there is don't pontificate the end times based on wars and rumors of war. But here's what I do know is that I'm asking the Lord for the nations as my inheritance. We have brothers and sisters in Ukraine who are being persecuted. And and without going into too much detail, I have such honor for the president of the Ukraine. He is a man of honor. He's a man of integrity. And at 4 o'clock this morning, the Lord woke me up and He said, the threat on his life has never been more real. Intercede for him. And so this morning at 4 o'clock, I was interceding for President Zelensky. And I want us just to take a few minutes before I get into the message this morning. I want us to intercede for this whole conflict. I'm not going to get into all the political stuff. What I am going to get into is he's a man of honor. And there are people dying for no cause. So Father, this morning, as the equipping church, we stand and we intercede for the Ukraine. We declare, Father, a hedge of protection over President Zelensky. We lift him up, Jesus, this morning. He's a man of Jewish faith. But Father, I pray that he comes into a dynamic encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray for his salvation. I pray for his protection. I pray that the, the, the onslaught of attack would come to a cease in Jesus' name. Father, we push back the powers of darkness. We recognize that we war not with flesh and blood, but demonic principalities. And this morning we stand as the believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we declare the blood of Jesus over your children this morning, God. We pray for a ceasefire in Jesus' name. We stand against every demonic attack. We stand against the powers that seek to rule. And we declare that the one who sits on the throne laughs at their vain attempts. 
We thank you, Father, this morning that you, the Prince of Peace, would reign and rule in the Ukraine today, Father. We lift up our brothers and sisters and we declare peace in a time of war. Father, we thank you that the spirit of fear that would seek to capitalize on what is happening would be dispelled in Jesus' name. And that the church of the Lord Jesus Christ would rise up in authority. We thank you for the miracles that are taking place behind the borders of the Ukraine, Father, as I've read the stories of supernatural provision. Father, we thank you that even internet's being supplied to them today, Father. We thank you, Father, that you say in your word that you hold the heart of the king in your hand. And we thank you, Father, that you would turn the hearts of men towards you this morning, God. We thank you, Father, and we declare the angelic to be dispatched right now to cause confusion in the enemy's camp. We thank you that your justice would reign, Father. We thank you, Father, that you are the God of justice and you... You walk in justice, Father, and we declare justice, Father, right now. We thank You, Father. You're good for Your goodness, Father. We thank You for Your protection. And we declare Your goodness in the mighty name of Jesus. We thank You, Father. Let the church say hallelujah and amen. Hallelujah Hallelujah and amen. Why don't you just give the Lord a shout this morning? As you are seated this morning, hallelujah, hallelujah. Psalm 144 verse 1 says, Blessed be the Lord my rock, who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. It's on your worship guide this morning. It's not the title text of my message this morning. You can begin to fade that out, Amber. Thank you. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. I want to talk this morning about walking in your breakthrough. We've just come out of our series, Power for Purpose, and we've set aside next weekend as a weekend of miracles. And and why have we done that? Because, listen, I I don't believe that, that Donna Shambach could create a miracle if she tried. I don't believe that Jacob Biswell could create a miracle if he tried. But what I do believe is there are people who walk in relationship with God and carry a measure of breakthrough and carry a measure of faith that impacts a region. We don't, we don't bring people into our region just for the notoriety. We don't bring them in just because they're famous. We don't bring them in just because they have a great ministry. We bring them in on strategic divine assignment. And I believe that the Lord is set aside next weekend as a weekend of miracles. I believe it. It's in my spirit as I was praying last night. It's in my spirit that we're going to see some notable miracles. That God's going to move and there's going to be breakthrough. And as I've been praying this week and asking the Lord what to talk about, I I felt that He said to to talk about walking in our breakthrough. To position ourselves for breakthrough. And this verse kept coming to me. Psalm 144.1, I just read it. Blessed be the Lord my rock who trains my hands for war and my fingers for battle. My rock, my hiding place. It's the Hebrew word, sir. It means, blessed be the Lord, my hiding place. Just like Moses was hid in the cleft of the rock. It's the hiding place. Who trains, I I love this word, it's the Hebrew word, lamad. It means to teach through discipline. So blessed be the Lord, my hiding place, who teaches through discipline my hands. The word hands there doesn't just represent our physical hands. It actually represents 
our strength and our support. So he, he trains my strength and my support for war. That word war is the Hebrew word karab. It means to war with hostility. It doesn't mean to fight a wimpy battle. It means that I'm going to be hostile to the enemy. I'm going to be hostile to the enemy. I'm not going to just sit back and take it because the Lord through discipline has trained my hands for hostility towards the enemy. And it says in my fingers, this is the Hebrew word esbah. It means to literally grasp breakthrough. It's what it literally means. It means to grasp a hold, a breakthrough. I'm not even preaching yet this morning. This is just the introduction. The ability to grasp for battle. And this word battle is the word milhamah. And it means to besiege, to recoup, and to engage from the highest point. To engage from the highest point. The Bible says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. And so when the Lord who trains, who teaches through discipline, my strength, my support to war with hostility, to give me the ability to grasp, engage, besiege, and recoup from the high point. You need to understand this morning, you're not warring from a low place. You're warring from a high place. You're seated with Christ in heavenly places. And we're going to talk about what it means to walk in our breakthrough this morning. Turn in your Bibles to 2 Samuel chapter 5. 2 Samuel, we're going to look at two passages this morning beyond Psalm 144. We're going to look at a passage from the Old Testament and a passage from the New Testament. And I'm believing the Lord's going to speak to you this morning. 2 Samuel 5, 17. Now when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And when David heard about it, he went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines came and overran the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you hand them over to me? And the Lord said to David, Go up, for I will certainly hand the Philistines over, you, over to you. Then David came to Baal-perazim and defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore he named that place Baal-perazim. And the Philistines abandoned their idols there, so David and his men carried them away. Verse 22, Now the Philistines came up once again and overran the valley of Rephaim, so David inquired of the Lord. But he said, You shall not go directly up. Circle around them and come at them in front of the Baca shrubs. And it shall be when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the Baca shrubs, then you shall act promptly. For then the Lord will have gone out before you to strike the army of the Philistines. Then David did so just as the Lord had commanded him. He struck and killed the Philistines from Gebah as far as Gezer. Let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning. Oh, I'm dependent on you this morning, God. I need your strength to preach. I need your strength to communicate what you would communicate to your people this morning. I recognize my complete and total dependence on you this morning. Apart from you, I can do nothing. But in you, I live and move and have my being. And I pray this morning, God, that when I reach my hands out and pull them back, it'd be your handprint that's left there. Father, let the anointing that makes preaching easy be in this room this morning, that we would walk and break through this morning and I would communicate your heart, God. I need you this morning, Jesus, more than ever before. I need you, Holy Spirit. Empower me this morning to speak your word in Jesus' name. Amen. This, this passage is so rich, I feel for us in this season of time where we are getting ready, I believe, to have some of the greatest breakthroughs we've ever seen as a church. 
I believe that, that not only individually, but corporately, we are stepping into a season of breakthrough. And some of you, how many of you have been discouraged in the last season and have had to walk through some, some discouraging things that you're like, man, is this ever going to happen? Am I ever going to see the breakthrough? How long am I going to be stuck in this season? And that's exactly where David's at when we reach this passage. David finally makes it to the throne. There's been prophecies, there's been anointing, there's been conflict, there's trouble, and he finally gets the promotion. He's sitting on the throne, and he has this amazing revelation. If we jumped back a few verses, it says, And David realized. Don't you love it when you realize something? How many of you have ever had those aha moments? Oh, that's what God was doing all this time. It says, And David realized that the Lord had established him as king over Israel. And he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. God had done a work. He had intervened in some stuff. And often when we are in the middle of conflict, in the middle of wars, it is easy to lose sight of the fact that God is moving on your behalf. When you're in the thick of it, when you're in the middle of the depression, when you're in the middle of the war, when you're in the middle of the waiting, we can lose sight and we can get stuck in the conflict. I've been there. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. I was there last night. Sitting here on the front row going, God, I don't know how to navigate this one. This one seems bigger than my capacity. This one, I don't know how to navigate this one, God. And God had to remind me, in the middle of the battle, I'm working. It says, David realized that God had done it. You've got to recognize that, that, that God is working on your behalf in the middle of your conflict. But now he's there. Now he's king. He's sitting on his throne. How many of you had prophetic words come to pass? You've had those problems, and you're like, man, the breakthrough came. We, we experienced the miracle. And I'm sure for David, he's like, man, I've gone through all this junk for years, and I just want to settle in and sit on my throne. Kind of like the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, you know. It's finally there. Enjoy his position. Tend to the needs of the nation. But what happens? That old enemy comes to make war. Now, when the Philistines heard that they'd anointed King David over Israel, all the Philistines went up to seek out David. And further conflict comes, the same old enemy. Hey, David, we, don't, we haven't forgotten Goliath. We haven't forgotten what you did to us. Just because you're king doesn't mean we're going to ignore the fact that you're king. Now that you're king, we're really going to make war. And it doesn't just settle there. He has a victory. It says... So David inquired the Lord, shall, shall I go up? Yeah, I'll hand them into your hands. And then they come again. Verse 22. Now the Philistines came up once again. And that's the nature of walking with God. The devil never gives you and I the luxury of bathing in the glories of victories and freedoms gained. You, you've got to recognize that. He, he is, the, the enemy doesn't go, oh, I'm just going to let you sit back and enjoy that one for a little bit. No, 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 no. Territory gained is territory to be fought for. You've got to recognize that. Territory gained is territory to be fought for. When we start taking ground in the realm of the Spirit, there is a fight to maintain it. Now, the fight will become easier over time. As we walk through deliverance, as you start to get free of some of those old wounds, as you start to get free of those things that, that once so plagued you, the fight does become easier over time. It's not the same fight anymore because you've learned through the battle how God is your victory. You've learned through the battle, but freedoms accomplished will be challenged. 
just when you thought, finally got that one over and done with, all of a sudden the enemy's like, hello, I'm here. Things come crashing down. Conflicts come surging in. And I had to recognize that in myself this week. I got a little lax. I'm like, man, we've had some great victories. Hallelujah. And the enemy goes, oh, you're resting on the battle. Okay, let me throw this curveball at you. Wait a second. No, 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 no. Devil, we, I, I, I'm enjoying my rest right now. Don't you understand? I've had some breakthrough. Exactly. Hello, Jacob, I'm back. You thought you cut my head off, but I raised up a few more. And if you didn't understand that this is the nature of spiritual conflict, you could get discouraged. And I think that often happens for us, y'all. We forget the nature of spiritual warfare. We forget, we celebrate a victory. And the enemy goes, okay, let me, let me make sure I don't allow you to luxurate in the victories gained and the freedoms established. True spiritual breakthrough will only ever be understood and established when this is understood. The enemy always seeks to steal the joy of your victory. Don't let him. Don't let him. But behind all of this is an unfolding of something regarding the nature of God. And I want to tell you that this is something so awesome that if you grasp this this morning, it will bring an incredible confidence to your walk with God. Verse 20 says, So David came to Baal-perazim and defeated them there. And he said, The Lord has broken through my enemies before me like the breakthrough of waters. Therefore, he named that place Baal-perazim. In the Hebrew, that word Baal-perazim, it literally means the Lord of breaking through. He named that place the Lord of breaking through so that whenever they came to that place in the very heart and in the very nature of God is the dynamic of breaking through. Breaking through where the enemy would oppress. Breaking through where enemies would surround my heart and soul. Breaking through where bondages, afflictions, and torments have seemed invincible. Let me tell you this morning, church, that our God is a God of breaking through through even the most tormenting, buried and afflictions through the most confusing moments in your life that the heart of God is to break open a new realm in the spirit and to bring us through. So just because the enemy comes, let me say something to you. The Lord of breakthrough meets you in the middle of your conflict. David said the Lord of the breakthrough. He renamed a whole city. This is the place where the God of breakthrough met me. And some of you need to start renaming your circumstances. Some of you need to start speaking to those situations that you're in and say, this is Baal Perazim. This is the Lord of the breakthrough. The place that sought to destroy me is the place that God brought me through. The place of my greatest defeats was the place where God was actually my greatest victory. The place of my greatest depression is actually where I found that there's joy in the morning. Some of you need to start flipping the script on the enemy and stop looking at the fact, yes, he's not going to let you rest in your victory, but God is our rest. And so when I rest in him, I may have to battle, but I war from victory, not for victory. David went to the Lord first and said, will you deliver them into my hands? He already had a word of victory before a sword was ever slung. He already had a victory before he ever met an enemy on the battlefield. Some of you have been fighting wars. You've not asked God if you're supposed to fight. You've been wrestling with the wrong enemy. Just because something looks like the enemy doesn't mean you need to fight it. 
You've been fighting things you don't need to fight. David only fought enemies that God said he'd give him victory over. And we've been fighting enemies in our flesh. Thinking, oh, if I go fight that, and you're worn out. Why? Because you're fighting things God never called you to fight. David had a word from the Lord. This is a season and a time, church. You have got to have a word of the Lord for your battles. We cannot afford to waste any energy on an enemy that doesn't even matter. you got to get that this morning. The heart of God is to break open a new realm in the Spirit and to bring us through. See, we fast and we pray. And, and listen, I'm all about fasting and prayer. That is a lifestyle to draw the breakthrough grace around our lives. But let me say, you've got to have a word of the Lord. David Ask the Lord, will you deliver them into my hands? And so with that in mind, with understanding that God wants to break you through, God has victory for you, I want to look at this second passage of personal breakthrough gained through the ministry of Jesus. Turn in your Bible to Mark chapter 2. Mark chapter 2, a very familiar passage. Mark chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. When Jesus came back to Capernaum, A few days later, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer space, not even near the door. And he was speaking the word to them. And some people came bringing to him a man who was paralyzed, carried by four men. And they were unable to get to him because of the crowd. They removed the roof above him, and after digging and opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralyzed man was lying. And Jesus, seeing their faith, said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. But some of the scribes were sitting there and thinking it over in their hearts. Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins except God alone? Immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were thinking that way within themselves. I love that. They didn't even have to say it out loud and God knew their thoughts. Why are you thinking about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or say, Get up and pick up your pallet and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralyzed man, I say to you, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. And he got up and immediately picked up the pallet and went out inside of everyone, so that they were all amazed and were glorifying God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. I want to take some keys from this passage this morning when I talk about walking in our breakthrough, that the God of breakthrough wants to bring into our lives and circumstances. The first key this morning is there are barriers always there to be challenged and overcome. Any victory gained always comes through overcoming a barrier. There are barriers that we have to face. Crowds, roofs, barriers over our lives, always there. Here we have these friends. What good friends. Don't you wish you had some friends that would carry you on your pallet? In the moments where you can't walk, they'll carry you and tear open a roof. What is stopping you and I from gaining access to Jesus? What are the barriers blocking our access? And the question is whether we accept our lot in life or we face the barrier. That's really the question this morning is, are we just going to take it? Are we just going to lay down on our mat and die? Or are we going to face the barrier? Are we going to face the barrier? It's easy to become discouraged over something we've battled against, maybe even for years. If you've been battling something for years, it's easy to become discouraged. For example, believing in divine healing. I believe it's God's will to heal. But you don't get healed. 
So does that mean that my beliefs are wrong? Or does that then cause me to change my beliefs in order to justify not being healed? Do we all of a sudden begin to compromise what we believe because of discouragement? Well, maybe it's just the will of God. Maybe this is just, you know, maybe he's teaching me a lesson through my sickness. Maybe there's something. But here's the reality. Whether healed or not, I still hold to the belief that it's God's will to heal everyone, every sickness and disease. Because the word of God doesn't change. So we face the barriers. We decree that God a breakthrough over our lives. We refuse to surrender the ideal of having our personal breakthrough. We refuse to surrender our personal breakthrough. Refuse to surrender just because there's a barrier. Refuse to surrender because you will overcome that barrier. We continue to assail the demonic attack seeking to oppress and discourage our breakthrough. You can't give up, church. You cannot give up. There are many things that, par- that bring paralysis to people. They're past. Condemnation from the past. Chronic fears. Habitual sins. Relational conflicts. But never give up on this idea. God is the God of breakthrough for us all. You can't surrender that truth, church. God is the God of breakthrough for everyone. He is no respecter of persons. If he did it for one person, he'll do it for you. But you can't surrender. You cannot surrender. Every time I start to get discouraged about healing, I think of the fact we were never supposed to have children. We've got four beautiful babies back there, biologically. We've got another big baby over there. But you have to recognize that if God did it for one, he'll do it for someone else. I don't know how long it'll take. I don't know the process, but he is the God of breakthrough. He is the God of breakthrough. His truth stands. Here's the second key. Take people with you to your barrier. You can't do it alone. See, I think so many times we try and fight these battles on our own. And that's where we really get discouraged. You've got to connect to people who've had breakthrough. Mark 2, 5, and Jesus seen their faith. He didn't even say to the man who was on the pallet, great is your faith. It says seeing their faith. He looked at the faith of his friends. Who are your friends? Who are you surround? Are you connected to an e-group? Are you connected to a group of people that will believe with you? And seeing their faith said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. No, their faith was the key factor. Four people committed to stand with a paralytic. If you know someone in this church who needs a breakthrough you've already had, get with them. If you know someone who needs healing in their body that you've had, start praying with them. If you know someone who needs financial breakthrough and you've had financial breakthrough, start contending with them. Start Pick up their pallet for them. Carry them. That's what it means to be the body of Christ. See, Sunday we can have all the thrills, chills, anointing. You can fall out in the spirit. But what happens on Monday morning when you actually face something difficult? You can't call me every time. And if you're not forming relationships within the body of Christ, you're an island to yourself and we're not called to live that way. We are not called to live as islands. Well, I've been hurt by the church. Well, stop spitting in the face of Jesus over your church hurt. He paid too high of a price. I spoke to someone on the phone this week. I I can never go back to church. Why? Well, you just don't know what happened in church. No, I don't know what happened in church, but I do know what Jesus did on the cross. Well, you know, I understand, but I just it's just too painful. 
No, his pain was too painful on the cross to hold on to my hurt from all these years. We've all been hurt by church, especially if you've pastored. You've been hurt by church. Sheep bite. I've got the scars to prove it. But let me tell you something. If you can overcome that, you're a force to be reckoned with. And there are too many people hurting in these chairs this morning. And and they just need someone to say, hey, let's go have lunch together. Let's pray together. Let's believe together. Overcome your fear. Take people with you to your barrier. They have to be the right sort of people. Don't connect to Eeyore. Someone posted on Facebook the other day, do you know why Eeyore was so depressed? He had a nail in his backside. He needed a new way to attach his tail. He needed a creative miracle. That's why he was so depressed all the time. But some of you walk around with the nails of your hurt attached, and you wear it as a trophy. Get connected. Some people exude faith. Whenever you talk with them, they're the eternal optimist. I'm not one of those people. I have to work on it, y'all. But it's more than just words because I know the people, oh, God is good, bless God, it's just all going good. And then they kick the dog and, you know, they spend all day depressed at home. But when they're around church people, oh, God is good, hallelujah, everything's great. I'm not talking about fake. I'm talking about connect with people who don't just spill out some trite statement thinking it's helpful. You know, I can't stand it when I'm going through something difficult and someone just talks Christianese and evangelical Latin. Well, bless God, brother. God's going to work it all for good. You don't actually believe that. You just don't know how to respond to my pain, so you're just giving me some some phrase that you've memorized over the years. No, we need anointing. We need people who can rise up in faith, who've been through something, who can say, let me carry you to Jesus. Let me bring you to his presence. Some of the most powerful prayers I've ever experienced were the little quiet people in the, pa- in the back of the church who walked in right relationship with God, who had a history with God, who could say, listen, I might not be loud. I might not be charismatic. I might not have all the right words, but I'm in right relationship. You need to connect with people who are in right relationship. That's why we have e-groups. I know I'm talking a lot about e-groups, but I'm telling you, it's vital. It's vital to be connected. It's healthy to be connected. But when I have a need, I want people who have genuine faith for breakthrough. That's why we encourage you to gather in groups. But here is the real key to this. They took a piece of flatboard. They had four corners with a rope. And they had four people who not only climbed up on top of a roof while they're trying to balance the paralytic, they ripped the roof off and then had to lower him in in front of Jesus. That takes some great skill. Please don't cut any holes in the roof. The insurance will not cover that. They had to walk in unity. Joe at the front couldn't be paying attention to something. Oops, sorry, dropped him. Needs a little bit more of a miracle now. And then painted, oh, we dropped him on Jesus. Oops, snuffed out Jesus before his time. There had to be unity. There had to be strategy. There had to be clarity of mind. 
You have to be united, flowing together, sensitive to the actions of others. There has to be a unified approach. Matthew 18, 19. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father is in heaven. You know why I think we don't see a lot of prayers answered? Because there's actually not harmony in the body of Christ. That word agree is the word harmonious in the Greek. It's like an orchestra, a choir in harmony. It demands sensitivity. If you've ever been in a choir or in a band, you can't just do your own thing. You've got to work together, taking into account what's happening around you. The key is together agreeing, making the way possible for another's victory. It all works together. It's us walking together. Here's the third key. Keep reminding yourself, our God is the God of breakthrough. I I had to to get that in my spirit last night, facing a situation, going, God, I I don't know how to handle this one. We all have situations bigger than us. We all have situations that are painful, that hurt, where we have to make decisions that aren't easy. But I sat and I said, God, you're the God of breakthrough. I know that the truth is you will work this for good. I know that's the truth because I've seen you do it before. My testimony is that he works all things together for good. This is imperative to break through. No matter what is defying you, whatever the impossibilities facing you, God's expertise is breaking through with the impossible. That's his expertise. That's who he is. He is Bel Perizim. He is the Lord, the God of the breakthrough, the God who brings the breaking of waters. Some of your miracles are about to be birthed through the breaking of the waters. It takes the breaking of the water for the baby to come forth. You've got to understand, He is the God who breaks the waters. He is the God who takes the people across on dry land. He didn't have them trudge through mud to get to the promised land, to get past the Red Sea. He took them over on dry land. God is the God of breakthrough. This is why we fast and pray. This is why we keep it before us, never giving in to the barriers, resisting our inheritance in Him. We can't. As I close this morning, I'm going to do something that is going to make you all so uncomfortable this morning. We're going to be the body of Christ this morning. We're going to have a little bit of a prayer meeting. And I want you to get with people you don't know. I want you to ask them what they need breakthrough for. I'm not going to pray for anyone this morning. You're going to pray for each other. And I want you to find out what someone needs breakthrough this for this morning. I'm only doing this because I had a dream about it. I was like, God, I don't want to do that. That makes people uncomfortable. They're coming to church, you know. They're not used to... No, get uncomfortable this morning. Let God be the God of breakthrough. Find out what someone else needs breakthrough for. I see the mints coming out. Yes, please. Don't slay people this morning. God wants us to get out of our comfort zone sometimes because we get so used to others praying for us. We're going to pray for someone else this morning. We're going to take the next 15 minutes. Find, find some people. Get together and believe for breakthrough. Go. Being a teacher this morning. Group activities.
God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power and of love and discipline. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Father, I thank you this morning. You're in this room. You're moving, Holy Ghost. Those watching by live stream this morning, I pray for you right now that every situation you have where there's an impossibility, I pray right now that you would experience the God of breakthrough. That every situation you have that's impossible, that the God of the impossible would break in. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To stay connected, follow us on Instagram or Facebook. Or visit www.equippingchurch.us.